0: Bum, 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 bum. You're listening to Tov, a podcast about the good place and Jewish ideas. Hi, I'm John spira and with me is Dan Ross, and the two of us are rabbis. Uh, I work at Temple Beth Abraham in Nashua, New Hampshire. Dan, where are you? I work a little bit south of you. I'm a rabbi at Central
1: Synagogue in New York. And we know each other how? Oh, well, we have um, been uh, learning together. We've been chavruta study partners, um, for um, I think over two years at this point. We were uh, connected through um, uh, the Wexner Fellowship um, and we're both um, very grateful to Wexner for uh, giving us the uh, chance to go to rabbinical school and for um, introducing us to each other. And it's been such a a pleasure to learn with you, uh, John, over these past, uh, past couple of years.
0: Well, I'm uh, glad to have you here on this inaugural episode of this podcast. Since this is a podcast about a uh, television show and Judaism, and it's a TV show which blends um, ethical philosophy with uh, humor and irreverence, I think we should say up front that this podcast is motivated in part by a kind of jealousy. So, uh, Dan, (laughs) what, what would happen if someone came into your office and said, Rabbi, I have this idea for year instead of coming to the synagogue what i think i'm going to do is every week listen to an episode of the good place and then uh talk about that with someone what it means to lead a good life and do that instead of you know engaging in the synagogue what what would what would your reaction to that oh my goodness well it's so
1: funny because i believe that there are what exactly like 51 52 episodes of the good place so it really does like function in its own way like a torah of sorts right like you've got like the cycle i would say that um there's a lot of rich um uh theology um to be mined uh from the good places sacred literature um and what i would say is like why don't you come and talk to me about it because like we're doing right now like i'm happy to talk to you about it as though we're you know going from to in um in this context you know i think uh i and i'd love to to kind of do what we're doing which is talk about um, um, not just the the, uh, the show as a, as a sacred literature in of itself but bringing it into conversation with the Jewish tradition um, uh, as well so um, I, I but I totally agree with you on the jealousy point I, I it's so clever I wish I had come up with you know all their uh, all the jokes and ideas and stuff like that, that what would you is- say?
0: Well, this would be very hard to, uh, to to answer to. I think about, I was thinking about all the people I may have taught over the course of my career, even going back to when I was in high school as like a bar mitzvah tutor. And maybe, you know, people have learned any moral philosophy or ethics through me. Maybe it's a couple thousand, I don't know, at the most, um, compared to just how many people have watched The Good Place. And um, so I should say that uh, this is in a way, a chance in a, in a whimsical way, purely to, uh, to kind of jump on a bandwagon and uh, and, uh, and speak to people. Um, it's amazing to me that a television creator has uh, gotten people so interested and excited in studying moral philosophy and think it has something to do with their lives. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much what we're doing. I can't believe that someone hasn't figured out a way to open a Hebrew school that's based on just discussions about the, the good You things. know,
1: I always think John, about like 2000 years from now, like, what are the religions going to be like? I think about this a lot with like Harry Potter, for example, like, is there going to be like Potterism, like (laughs) 2000 years from now? Like, are they, you know, is that going to have become its own kind of Bible or like, you know, um, or the good place or anything like what? It's it's interesting to meditate for a little bit on like, not with with a great deal of humility on what the sacred literature um, of, you know, our time is going to be mean or not mean, um, m- way, way, way off in the future, uh, if climate
0: change doesn't get us first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think, uh, as a way of introducing ourselves a little bit more, I'm going to put you on the spot and ask if there is one of the main characters in the good place who you think you are the most like, Oh, gosh. Um,
1: definitely cheaty. It would have to be cheaty because I am so cosmically indecisive <laughs> when Michael was presented. Oh, this is spoiler alert. Sorry. But like presented that as his like sin and the reason he ended up in, okay, whatever. I'm sorry. Like, and I- we're already getting to the back of the show. I was like, yup, that's me. That's a hundred percent me. So what about you, John? Who who are you? Who do you, identify Well, I was, right?
0: I was going to say probably that both because of my, you know, earnest desire to teach about those things. And yes, some of those, those qualities as well. And I was thinking about, though, also who who I wish I could be more like. And for me, it's definitely Janet. I think this Mm. idea of kind of a very knowledgeable and helpful, you know, person who is light and also like uh, programmed to be incredibly confident. I I would love to be uh, just as as perfect in those ways as Janet. How Mm. about you? Who would you be more of?
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: I, I really
1: admire Eleanor's, you know, commitment and leadership, right? Like, I mean, obviously she has her flaws as a, as a human being, but I just think that she's just such a um, incredible character for the way that she, you know, collects a group of people and makes them and strives to make them better. I think that that's, you know, uh, as a rabbi, I was—I I found that to be incredibly humbling, her, her ability to, to gather people and take them on a journey with her, which I think is in many
0: ways what we do, what our role is. Um, and so, um, yeah. So there are a couple uh, big ideas, I would say, that I, I hope will animate this podcast as we go through episode by episode. One is just to use the show um, it's and its humor to explore some core Jewish ideas and texts and hopefully get you the listener to be a bit more interested in them just as I say to, to jump on that bandwagon and we're not going to do this to say that the show is Jewish. Um, or to tell you which idea we, you, we think that you should have or agree with. you know, Maybe there's an idea that's Jewish and an idea that's expressed in the show that are different. We're not here to argue for the Jewish one. Uh, maybe when we're teaching classes as rabbis and other things, we might do that. But here, um, I think the philosophy is more like the old Reese's Peanut Butter Cups uh, commercials, which is, you know, two great tastes that taste uh, that taste better together. Um, but also or not, you might find that there's something in the good place you just like a whole lot better than whatever thing we're going to give you from a Jewish text. Uh, but if you do like some idea or are intrigued by some idea from from Torah or Jewish tradition, uh, we will hope that uh, we will have gotten you a little interested and you'll explore it further with some incredible teacher you have available or a resource you can find or that, or that will link in the notes to this show. Um, and I might also mention that we are launching this just before the Jewish month of Elul, which is the period of time that leads to Rosh Hashanah, because certainly one of the, the big themes of the good place is what in Judaism we call teshuva, the possibility of changing ourselves and making ourselves better and actually changing our, our destiny. And I should say, if you are listening, that um, there uh, we may well have and probably will have spoilers. Um, partly, we may not be just smart or organized enough to avoid doing that and uh, and talking about things that that come up in episodes in the future. So um, I have a a sort of a Good Place origin story of my own and I, I hope as I tell mine, maybe you'll think about yours which is that when the Good Place first came on I started to watch it, and I loved it. There's a kind of humor, which I which I have to say I love. It's been described on another podcast. There's an official Good Place podcast um, that NBC puts out, hosted by Mark Evan Jackson. I encourage you to listen to it. He plays the the demon character of Sean, which we'll we'll learn about later on. And he describes the show as um, something like uh, deep moral philosophy and fart jokes, and that, that totally works for me. And so I loved it, and then what happened was um, I found I was thinking about it is so brilliant that it began to like feel like my work like I would have to watch it and think about it and relate it like as we might be doing now and that and that I wouldn't be able to enjoy it because it would be like it would just like turn into sermons or things I would have to teach and um, so I actually was scared to watch it and avoided it for for several years until my daughter started to watch it and she was enjoying it so much and I thought how is it possible I love humor I love these ideas. And so I, I launched myself back into it. And it turns out I, I loved it so much and it was great to be able to talk to my my daughter and my wife, who were both watching it and were way ahead of me. Um, do you remember how you first uh, got into the show?
1: I remember I got it on a tip from my friend, um, Rabbi Sarah uh, Paris, um, who you know, said, you should start watching the show on the good uh, called The Good Places on Netflix. And I said, Well, what's it about? She said it's a show about the afterlife i know it sounds weird but go with it just trust me (laughs) and then it you know um uh my wife uh also a rabbi her name is jade uh uh, and i started uh watching it together and it just became like you know we binged through the first season and then you know when it came back on it became one of those shows that was appointment television for us that we look forward to like it's like like in the game of thrones categories like unfolding at about the same time uh on, on the same time frame and um, uh, I remember to John, per your story of it, thinking about like, oh my God, how many sermons are in each of these episodes, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, it's
0: gold to mine from. So,
1: okay. So there... we're going to
0: launch into a conversation about, uh, chapter one, uh, everything is fine. And I want to read you the, uh, summary of this, which is, uh, based on Wikipedia's version, which I edited slightly. Eleanor Shellstrop opens her eyes and finds herself in a room with the words welcome everything is fine on the wall she is greeted by Michael who informs her she has died after being run over in a supermarket parking lot (laughs) by a truck advertising an erectile dysfunction remedy congratulating her Michael tells Eleanor she was one of the best people on earth and therefore she has entered the good place a heaven like afterlife. Michael gives Eleanor a tour of the Good Place neighborhood, which is full of frozen yogurt shops and pastel colors, before screening an informational video for her and the other new arrivals. In the video, Michael explains that their actions on Earth gave them positive or negative points, which were tallied up after they died. The people with the highest scores entered the Good Place. Michael also explains that every person has a soulmate, before telling Eleanor she earned her spot in the Good Place as a lawyer defending people on death row. After presenting Eleanor with a house designed specifically for her own likes, Michael introduces her to her soulmate, Chidi Anagonye, a Senegalese professor of moral philosophy. When Michael leaves, Eleanor asks Chidi if he will promise always to stand by her and then reveals that everything Michael said about her life is wrong. She explains how she made a living by knowingly and with gusto selling a worthless dietary supplement (laughs) to the sick and elderly and can't recall any good action she has ever done. In town, Chidi introduces Eleanor to Janet, and always at the ready fount of information about absolutely everything. Eleanor and Chidi meet their neighbors, Tahani, a wealthy philanthropist and socialite, and her soulmate, Jian Yu, a Buddhist monk, keeping a vow of silence. They are holding a party that evening at their mansion. At the party, Chidi is thinking about whether or not to help Eleanor after she becomes drunk and insults Tahani. The next morning, Eleanor wakes up to see chaos in the neighborhood, enormous beetles, flying shrimp, roving giraffes, everything corresponding to her insults about Tahani and the bad things she did in life. Chidi tells her she is the cause. Eleanor then asks Chidi to help her become a better person just as Michael knocks on the door to inform them of an emergency meeting. And as the episode ends, we wonder if Chidi will rat her out or not. So I was trying to think about what to call this, uh, you know, uh, this next section, which I would call like fan-jewing or fan-robbing. Okay. The the episode. Is there, do you have like a favorite part of this episode?
1: My favorite part was when Michael is telling her how she died. (laughs) Because it's very clear that something is off from the very beginning of the episode. And he just goes on and on and on. So um, that that was my uh, and also as someone who um, likes froyo, I you know I was imagining myself walking through uh, the streets of paradise with um, sixteen handles
0: on every corner. That sounded like really appetizing to me. <laughs> See, I totally didn't get that something was off at the beginning, and uh, but I will say that I did love the way in which Eleanor describes herself and like all the evil things that she has done and this uh, the way that she uh, has this flashback to her experience selling what's it called NasoPro and NasoPro Senior to th- this, you know, worthless dietary supplement and how she's like, I get it. I get to cheat people and defraud them. I mean, she she just sells it as so. Um, she owns it. Uh, she owns <laughs> and that we somehow like, like her, we seem to like want to root for her and to in some way or maybe it's a, very, the rabbi, it's a very
1: it's a very it's a no but it's an incredible balance you know like i mean how many i think about all the times where i see things where it's like that's a really good actor because they made me not like them right like how many things like wow you like just really embodied you like went for that super unlikable character and eleanor has all of the qualities and the whole story of someone who like i would find usually pretty loathsome right? And yet at the same time, you adore her and you root for her exactly like you said, you want her to succeed, which I find to be both, um, you know, a testament to um, uh, her acting um, and uh, to um, her, uh, the, the writing, obviously, uh, and the, the, the um, composition of the character.
0: There is at the party late in the episode, uh, Michael is giving a speech and he looks right at Eleanor as he says, "Every single one of you is a good person." And she um, she kind of looks back at him for a second, and then she gives this little like cross-eyed thing and takes another drink, like her tenth drink out of her uh, out of her wine or whatever it is that she's drinking. It's just such a great acting moment. So um, so let's talk about a couple of. Uh, Jewish texts that relate to uh, to relate to this pilot and this will be really the challenging part where we're going to find out where something which uh, we've been talking about which is funny maybe turns into something that we hope we can figure out how to talk about in a funny way so this idea of um, This idea of the the value of every action in terms of destiny relates to um, one of really my very favorite teachings about the season of the new year from Rabbi Moses Maimonides. Um, It's from his uh, laws of tshuva, of, of personal change. Uh, Chapter three, number four, for those of you uh, wanting to look this up, says every person should see oneself the entire year as though perfectly balanced between merit and guilt, and also the entire world as thoroughly balanced between merit and guilt. If a person does one more wrong, that person tilts the balance personally and tilts the balance for the whole world to the side of guilt. If a person does one mitzvah, one, one good act, that person tilts the balance personally and tilts the balance for the whole world, all of it, to the side of merit and saves and rescues both oneself and the whole world. So I love this idea that there's something like uh, consequential about a particular act and it really reminded me of this. It's lifting the cosmic significance of
1: all of our, you know, everyday interactions. Um, and I also love that it is inherently picking up and, and, and noting this, like this tension between, you know, your own merit and you, uh, you you are contextually within the context of the broader merit of the entire world, right? Like that you as an individual cannot divorce yourself, um, from the stakes of existence, (laughs) right? As a whole, which is, um, uh, it's, 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 an
0: idea that we really shouldn't take lightly, um, at all. Usually I think about this in connection with how your action affects the world, but the good place set up is that your action kind of affects your, your destiny. So in that way, it's a, it's a bit of a different idea.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that the image of the, the scale is, is a telling one and it's, it's common in judgment. But I think that the other thing to sort of think about here is, um, that, you know, is, is not necessarily obvious, but sort of an underlying in the and view here is like you can understand your actions as having cosmic stakes because they influence other people's actions which i think is also something that's significant within the good places this idea that um, in order to you know really achieve and arrive at our best selves and to redeem ourselves we have to do it together we can't do it alone we need a team <laughs> Right, like it's not just about you. <laughs> you know, you are part of a whole. You're a part of a whole world, and everything that you do affects the whole world, and um, everything that you do affects the team. Um, and so, I think that that's also just a really important idea to to lift up from both Maimonides and from from the sacred literature of the Good Place.
0: I think in in Maimonides, there's this as if quality, which is that you don't actually know the score, so you should treat <laughs> yourself at, at any moment as though. Your next act will 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 tilt the score for you and for the world in this direction. Mm,
1: mm. And you don't know the score in the the good place, but like the you know the difference here, and I think you you hinted at this, John, that is not in the case of the good place is that Michael doesn't tell like the collective score of everybody who's in. The good, although spoiler alert, collective scores do end up mattering in the future <laughs> of the show. But um, uh, the, um, the was that season three, probably. But uh, the um, the good, you know, the that you're you you aren't aware um, of your you know every merit point, merit badge, mitzvah point that you acquire
0: over the course of time. So I want there's an, there's this other teaching which is very uh, uncannily connected, and um, it comes from, and I want to share it and then also point to some funny things from the episode, it comes from uh, Pirkei Avot, which is a book of sayings um, from around the year 200, probably-ish, collected of uh, the, the early Talmudic rabbis, if we can call them that, and uh, this is the, the first, from the first statements in, in chapter two there. Um, It says that Rabbi, um, verse of Rabbi uh, Yehuda HaNasi, said, Be careful with a light commandment as with a weighty one, for you do not know the reward for the fulfillment of the commandments. Also, think about the loss of a commandment, of doing a commandment, against its reward, and the gain of a wrong against its loss. And look at three things, and you will not come into the hands of doing wrong. Know what there is above you, an eye that sees and an ear that hears, and that all your deeds are written in a book. Mm -hmm. And uh, so here we have this idea that there are things that are, uh, that there are different mitzvot, there are different acts and commanded acts and prohibitions that actually do have different weights, but you might or might not know what they are. And, uh, so just, I, I have to say that one of the things that I, that I learned actually listening to the official good place podcast is that you really should like pause it. And when you're watching on Netflix to like, see the little things that are written on the screen. So did you happen to notice any, of I didn't, um, not cases? all of them.
1: No. I remember that there was one, like in a, in a later episode where somebody had a vanity license plate and that was like substantial <laughs> demerits. And I was like, yes. And I think every single time that I see somebody with a vanity license plate, I'm like, how many points did you lose for that one? <laughs> so kind
0: of, if you go back and watch, they kind of start with stuff that's uh, uh, small points, plus and minus, and then, um, and then get to bigger things. So, so one thing that is a negative is overstate personal connection to tragedy that has nothing to do with you. Ooh. That's a negative. Um, a positive was went to Cousins Child's jazz dance recital wow um, here's one that i think you'll love uh, as a negative according at uh, root for yankees oh that's definitely a negative to me That's yeah a negative
1: to you. yeah well you remind me red sox or yankees your oh, socks right? yeah here. that's yeah. right you're from it i i i find the, the yankees utterly loathsome i'm sorry to all of you who are listening to this podcast who um are yankees fans um
0: i hate the team not you um <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the idea that there are lighter and heavier mitzvot, you know, things that weigh more in consequence, what, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think about it, you know, sort of in relation to the text from Maimonides that we, we read above, that we should um, take seriously every single action. I think that that, you know, sort of lifted up in this text as well, is that you never know what's going to tip the balance. It's uh, a butterfly fly right it's the chaos theory butterfly flaps its rings uh, wings in Brazil and that leads to a hurricane um, in the you know in the Atlantic. It's just a um, a clearing call to be careful with everything that you do and to take and to you know, take the consequences of your actions seriously.
0: What about you, John? Well, I, I have a lot of trouble with this idea and and anybody who's listened to me in my own uh, congregation where I talk a lot kind of listens to me struggle with this because it because it seems to me that the Torah is built on the idea that like things happen in the world. And um, so it's not just the that uh, the mitzvot are a list of things, all of which are good. And uh, and any of them is you know is equally good. I mean, the whole story of the Torah has to do with this, you know, is rooted in this oppression in Egypt and liberation. Things that are connected to that are clearly very consequential. And uh, and some other things that might be uh, that might be Jewish laws, you know, about not mixing two kinds of fabrics together in the clothes you wear. It just doesn't seem to me like it can be that weighty. So I think the idea of I think actually there's almost a paradox. He says, you know, be careful with a light commandment as with a weighty one. Almost, Rabbi Yehuda here seems to be recognizing that there there are such things, and uh, but that somehow you should think about. You shouldn't disregard the ones maybe that have less importance mm. and say that they have no importance. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, you know, what you're saying sort of makes
1: me think about the now uh, appropriately disregard. You know, um, uh, sh- uh, whatever the word is. Um, ashamed uh, idea of broken windows theory of policing right is that like you, you 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 sweat the small stuff so that the big stuff you know that the big stuff and I think that um, uh, I think that that's that's a there definitely is a, a appropriately understood to be distinctions um, in you know the moral the weighty moral classification of our, our work um, and, the, and the things that we do in the world um, hmm. I think you know, one of the things that sort of emerges for me, and I guess is kind of a, a question that the good place asks inherently and, and then deals with over the course of the entire season, you know, series from the pilot is like, okay, this is all well and good. We have this great book of our deeds, but where is there space to grow? Hmm. Where is there space to get better? You know, where is the, you know, sort of self-compassion? As it were like, where's there is there is it is there room for self-love here um, so that you can forgive yourself, right? Like, you know, if you take this seriously, you you become cheaty, right? Like, you know, this is cheat. This is the cheaty fallacy. (laughs) I can't do anything because everything that I do has cosmic significance, (laughs) not just for myself, but for the entire world. Like, how could you not live paralyzed (laughs) by that kind of by those kinds of stakes? How could you not? Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm wrestling with as I as I read this. And I, yeah, and nonetheless, I think it's a powerful idea um to to take seriously the impact of your actions. Uh
0: of course, like we should do that. But then, okay. <laughs> How do we take care of ourselves too? Yeah, you know, I was looking at I was looking at some commentary from this Maimonides again, who I think will will be a recurring character in this podcast. Nah, you, you know, think? <laughs> yeah. And you know, who really was kind of laying out that there are there are different kinds of things here. They there are like punishments. And some of those punishments are the kinds of things we would think of as, you know, punishable in human society and some are like religious punishments and some are punishments we expect. I don't expect them in the afterlife, you know, it's not how I think about Judaism, but but maybe some, you know, uh, traditional Judaism did. And then there's kind of a, you know, sort of inner rewards. And then there are, then there's kind of how God looks at, at our souls in the big picture and that, you know, all those things are real, but we don't, we're not really aware of all of them. So at the mm-hmm. end it says, you know, all your deeds are written in a book, uh, but we're, you know, we, we have some partial perspective on what, what matters how much, but not, not the whole perspective, so mm-hmm. we have to think about it some. But I guess what you're saying is that the small stuff um, we don't know exactly how how the small stuff adds up. So therefore, we should we should sweat it. But I guess the question is like, when there is small stuff that we that doesn't seem to connect to some big stuff, should we sweat that too? Because just because it's in and of itself a little self contained thing, should we focus? Yeah, on that?
1: I don't. I mean, I think that you know, does it matter if every single you know, picture on your wall is hung perfectly. What is that? What do you, what do you, what do you, what benefit? And by the way, I, I don't mean to dismiss that. I mean that very seriously, that for that kind of aesthetic concern uh, makes a difference um, in your well-being. I think that the other thing that I'm sort of like kind of stuck with as I look at this is also just, you know, and you sort of mentioned this, John, is that how consequentialist it is, right? Like the end is what matters right it's not it's not the journey it's not you know the uh, the process that you go through of accumulating each of these these different points um i don't know if you read that into the text or not mm. um but it's like you do things because you you know because of what's going to happen as a consequence of doing them instead of and I don't, I don't mean to be hedonistic here i don't mean to say that like you should uh, you know do whatever you want and and see and be a pleasure seeker. I mean, actually, that's another you know thing that the the good place will deal with um, in uh, in later episodes. But rather that um, you know we should take seriously the experience of the moment in a way that I don't think that there's you know not to not to read against these texts, which I think are incredibly valuable. But um, I think that if I were to pick up on something that I think that the good place sort of where the good place sort of takes a contrast in its, you know, inherent positioning, it's that there's more to it than just the book, mm. right? And the points, and
0: the point system. Right, and I think that in that, I actually think that The Good Place as a show is not really about the good place as like a final, a final right. place. Like I, maybe that's part of what you're saying. It's not about the final score. I, I, although I have to say like this, these are the kinds of things that get me. So one of the things that takes place at the party, at Tahani's party is... Eleanor, who says, uh, are, they, are these people really that much better than me? And they cut to these various conversations of other people who aren't. Anymore. Oh, my God, that was so funny. One says to them, one was talking about donating, um, donating both their kidneys, you know, to someone that they met on a bus 10 minutes ago, you know, and that, of course, you know, they said, but you'll die. I said, yes, but that person will live. And, you know, like, they're like, how is it possible not to regard that as, you know, a supremely good. And to say, okay, no, wait a minute. Is there a perspective in which that would be like, not the, the,
1: <laughs> the, right, the right thing, right to, thing do. to do?
0: Yeah. Or not the admirable thing to do. Mm. Um,
1: well, but our tradition doesn't allow for you to, you know, utterly impoverish, impoverish yourself to, uh, to feed the hungry. You know, you're not allowed to do that. You have to, you have to take care of yourself. Right. So it's not, not necessarily a matter of, uh, but yes, it's hard to it's hard to pick it's hard to pick a bones with like that that seems like
0: a pretty decent beyond decent thing to do so so the cliffhanger which to me you know sells the show to me is at the end where she says you're a professor of moral philosophy wouldn't your job be to like teach me in a way that would make me better and the idea that actually studying these things would make a person mm. better by studying the philosophy is cool and of course the idea that she could become better that that's even a possibility that uh, the Chidi has to figure out. That seems to be, you know, obviously a, a theme that recurs and this particular episode doesn't go into this question of, of Chuva and the means by which that happens, how we become better. But, but, uh, I think that's where we're, we're heading and I'm looking forward to talking about. Yeah. So one of the things that, uh, that happens at the end of the, the official good place podcast that I thought would be, uh, be fun to adapt is to, is just to, to bring it to something real with uh, about something something good in the world. And I, and, and I thought it'd be made nice to, to hear if you have maybe a teacher or someone who kind of taught you something important about ethics that, that you want to honor by mentioning them here.
1: About ethics specifically.
0: Or ethical behavior.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm, I've been blessed by so many extraordinary teachers in my life. I don't know, John, did you have somebody in mind? Maybe,
0: maybe yours? Sure. Theory? I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna call out um, a teacher. I had a Hebrew school teacher for many years at the, the Talmud Torah of St. Paul, where I grew up. His name is Earl Schwartz, and uh, he was the first person who really brought ethical philosophy into our classrooms to teach us about it and thinking about how we... Uh, even the psychology of growing as, uh, as ethical people and some of the, the moral dilemmas that are in the Bible. And I'm still in touch with him, and uh, he continues to be a, a really important teacher that set me off on this exploration of, of morals, moral philosophy and ethics.
1: Uh, I had this wonderful um, teacher in, in college, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Chas Howard, who um, was the university chaplain at, at Penn. And I remember um, I took this class from him and when we were setting the norms, he shared a norm of turn judgment into curiosity. And that was just something that, you know, really a a line that really resonated with me and has, uh, you know, uh, been echoing in my uh, head ever since uh, in terms of how I I treat people and and try and figure out their stories and and how they got to where they are, um, uh, knowing that You know, everybody is, uh, everybody's fighting their own battle. Uh, And what, what can I learn from, uh, what can I learn from people? Um, And also, you know, how can I help? How can I help? Is is another question
0: that I like to ask a lot. And that's the first episode of Tove. Thank you so much for joining us and helping us get started. Our website is tovgoodplace.com, that's T-O-V, Good Place, where you can see the texts we discussed and the Hebrew terms we used, as well as links for deeper dives. Subscribe to Tov wherever you get podcasts, and give us a good rating. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at TovGoodPlace. Again, I'm John Spiracevet, and if you have ideas for how the podcast can be more interesting or more fun, email me at tove at com. TOV You can follow me at RabbiJS3 or on my blog, RabbiJohn.net, that's J-O-N. Thank you, Rabbi Dan Ross, for joining me. You can follow Dan at R-A-V underscore W-O-D and check out CentralSynagogue.org. Thank you to my home base, Temple Beth Abraham in Nashua, New Hampshire, TBANashua.org. Come by if you're in the area or join us on Zoom for learning or services from anywhere, anytime. Thanks again for joining us on Tove. And to paraphrase Mark Evan Jackson's sign-off on the official Good Place podcast, go learn more about something good.